0: <laughs> yeah we'll figure we'll, that out
1: we'll come up with something
0: yeah <laughs> um, but
1: yeah so yeah. uh my name is kristoff noel the first and i'm accompanied today by the one and only paul garney
0: yes sir also i'm here well
1: paul slash will Paul/Will, yeah
0: <laughs> oh god yeah, yeah we're gonna go ahead and just call me paul we're not gonna call me will yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, that's going to be something only few people get.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably um, the only viewers at the beginning is going to understand yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah,
1: we are here today with a brand new podcast, episode one, off and running. Uh, and It's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. This has been in the works for, I, I know I said two years, but I don't think it's been that long. But um, we must have been at least a year at this point we, we came up with the idea a yeah. long
0: time ago yeah we came up with the idea i think like shortly into covid um we were just kind of talking about it because you know you and i can talk about pretty much anything for you know however long we want to so that's kind of where that idea stemmed from um and then just recently is really when we started picking up the talks about it and past couple of months is really when we started planning and all of that and we are now recording the first podcast haven't quite come up with a name yet but we'll should <laughs> post it um you know, we'll have everything ready for it. Uh, I just yeah, want to get the I'll, recording's I'll, done and, you know, I'll get used to it. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure.
1: Um. Yeah, no. So COVID has been, we're coming into year, well, we're already in year two. So yeah, it's been basically two years on Damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Beginning 2020. That. Jesus Christ. Yeah,
0: we, it was a good solid year and a half of COVID consistently. Um It ended here. In North Carolina and South Carolina, much it sooner. Ended, I, I love ended that for you guys. So, um, yeah, it's still going on. But as far as like masks and restrictions and all that, it really stopped like, I don't even know, probably like April, May, probably around there, maybe even sooner. Um, and it was at the point where, masks were only recommend, recommended or like enforced on like super strict businesses like mom and pop shops were like, yeah, you got to wear a mask to come in, but like large corporations and chains and stuff like that, they stopped caring and was recommended at some point. Um, but really the biggest difference, at least for me, once they, you know, it started to relax here was when we stopped wearing masks in the gym. That was huge. Cause oh God, wearing masks in the gym sucks so much ass. Um, And you had to like, at first it was like, as long as you kind of had it on your face. So I had it like under my chin, but then it's like, they started talking to us and telling everybody to fully wear their masks and like, God, that shit sucks so bad. Um, But once that really was gone, that's when, you know, it changed for me. Cause most of the time I'm just home gym, home gym, really. So um, that's when it changed for me, at least down here.
1: i I love it. We're we're immediately gonna get slammed with a uh, COVID check mark on our
0: podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, talking about what it was like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh no, they said it's over. Uh oh, they're we're gonna shut them down. No, but we're, we're fine. But uh, yeah, I uh, I love I love looking back at my um, peak COVID gym moments versus what they are now because for me, I have a lot of posing pictures with me in my mask. And I kind mm-hmm. of enjoy those ones better because they don't see the ugly faces you make when you go into the posing <laughs> position. Like, I I do snapshots for my posing, so it'll take, like, ten pictures over the span of a couple seconds. So just because, yeah. like, sometimes one turn out better than others. And um, so it'll show some faces where I'm like, <clears throat> like, it's almost like I'm taking a shit, like trying to get the, the pose right and get all my muscles popped where I want them to. And the mask kind of covered that. So in a way, I, I kind of enjoyed it when it came to the posing part, but it's it's really funny to look back on it because now I don't I mean, I don't wear a mask anywhere. Um, and I mean, going into the gym, nothing at all. No one, I mean, so few people are wearing masks. So it's just really funny to be doing my poses see, the snapshots and me with all these just really terrible faces.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, that's kind of half of posing, to be honest, not really half, but like, that's a big portion of posing, especially when you're on stage, posing on stage, you, you have to be able to contain all of that and smile and look pretty and all of that through it. And that's, that's half the battle. Cause you know, different poses, you're flexing different amount of muscles and different muscles. Some people have easier abilities to flex or contract, um, and then keeping a straight face at the same time. So that's part of it. Where the masks was something you could really hide, and really all you had to do at that point was just smile with your eyes, essentially, which really isn't that hard, especially if you can you can master that, you know, keeping a you know straight mouth at least so you can breathe uh, pretty easily, and then uh, smiling with your eyes. But I mean, looking back, like masks in a sense were kind of badass in the bodybuilding world because um, it kind of covered your face and kind of gave this like almost ele- element of like like uh can't like, see how an, <laughs> uh, and not no like more like anonymity you know what i mean like you didn't really yeah. know like what who that person was you know in a sense so it was kind of that's kind of what made it badass especially if you're like wearing a pump cover and a mask and all of a sudden you take it off you still have your mask on but then you're like shred shredded and or buff under the pump cover so it's like who is this dude over here <laughs> um so that kind of added to it but I'm just so glad master over with, and you know, the gym's back to normal and everything's pretty much back to normal now. Um, you know, it's, it's been a long road and especially, you know, for me getting really into the, the next level, let's say of, you know, the more taboo side of things that people don't talk about, you know, getting into that, you know, um, through COVID and all that, it made it even more difficult. Um, just because it was harder to make sure that everybody is spaced out and you're spraying everything down and all of that. And when I'm just trying to focus on lifting and making sure I'm hitting the right movements and um, you know, really focusing on progressive overload and all that. But then all of a sudden in the back of my head, I'm like, Oh, I got to stay six feet away from this dude over here. Who's using the same cable machine. It's like, that's not something I want to think about. Um, So I'm just glad everything's over and you know, we're back to normal and you know, we can actually finally focus on the gym and really start talking about it with people and really starting you know, pushing for it and, and spreading it and all of that you know
1: it's almost like when you go to the gym you're supposed to be focusing on your workout routine and not you know focusing on the well-being of others like wow crazy right. concept
0: <laughs> oh my god imagine i think about myself for once in the gym
1: Yeah, believe it or not this is a selfish place what
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's a good point it is inherently selfish everything involved in the gym is inherently selfish mm-hmm. so um it's kind of I always... hard to go into the gym thinking about other people
1: I, I had so many times when I would just straight up lose masks because I'd have my mask on, whether it's, you know, a, like one of the fancy ones that I bought or like just one of the plain blue or black, like those uh, regular uh, medical ones. And mm-hmm. when you take off a pump cover, so let's say it's a sweatshirt or a long sleeve or a flannel or something like that. I personally, you know, I take my right arm out and then I pull it over the top of my body because... With mm-hmm. my long hair, you know, and headband, I try and keep all that on when I take it off. So I can't just take it off normally. And so I'm ripping this thing off my body, and my mask will just leave and just get ripped off. And I don't notice it in the moment because, you mm-hmm. know, I'm working out, I'm sweaty, I already don't want to wear it. So it's not something that's like attached to my body. So then I got called on it a couple of times in peak COVID when you had to have a mask on in the gym. They, someone would come over to me and be like, man you gotta you gotta have a you have to have a uh, mask on and I was like wait what are you talking about I do and then I'd look at myself like in the mirror like just look at myself and realize that the the mask got ripped off at some point and here I am just raw dogging it in the gym
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's happened to me a few times like I would for me it would be I take it off and put it in my sweatshirt pocket or something like because one of the gyms I was going to they stopped requiring masks way before, like the government did. It was just kind of, you know, it's a very underground bodybuilding gym. So they stopped requiring it way before they were allowed to. Um, so I was putting it in my like sweatshirt pocket. So um, I'd end up like washing my sweatshirt and it would get washed with it. Cause I'd forget that it's in there cause I'd perfectly roll it up. So I couldn't feel it. And then I'd yep. forget that it's in there. So that was my problem. I kept washing my masks, um, <laughs> but thankfully we don't got that problem anymore. Even up in Massachusetts, y'all are good now.
1: Oh, God. Well, it's, I mean, good is is kind of subjective because there's such a progressive stance up here. So, so many people, while we don't have to wear it, will still say things about right. like, uh, right. oh, um, you'll be safer if you wear the, this mask or et cetera, et cetera. I'm sitting here going, no, like we <laughs> scientifically have proven is no difference at all right now. So me going into the gym and pumping iron with nothing on, that's not a problem to anybody else. the The problem is if I'm, you know, spitting on people and like launching my sweat at people, like. But of yeah. course, that's that's not happening because you know I, and we'll get into this at some point. But I'm at like a commercial gym, so it's like, it's very open to the public and it's it's wide open and you know PF is not to name drop, but it's not a not a great time when you think about how you if you're a hardo in the gym you don't have the ability to go hard because they got so many different things whether it's just regular joes just trying to go on the treadmill for a bit and hog up space or if it's their lunk alarm that goes off and (laughs) so not not to turn this into an anti-pf show but i got my beefs with it and they certainly did not help the mass situation because they were all about that they would come after you i mean you weren't allowed in if you didn't have the mask on and i i did the um face shields for a while um because mm-hmm. those ones i could just drop down real quick have it hang around my neck and if someone walked over real quickly pull it up because that's transmission right there if someone's walking by then you pull it up like it's not if no one's around you it doesn't you don't have to have something on so I yeah. would do that and they would be setting up the alarm on me, doing all sorts of different stuff, just trying to get me to always mask up. And that takes away so much of your gym experience because you're focused on yourself. You want to focus on getting the specific kind of pump work on individual muscles. And here you are having to focus on an entirely exterior uh, back. So it, it was no fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, that was that was the problem, was that it kept changing and shit. And um here, like last year, twenty twenty one, and like May roughly again, it died down. So yeah. the governor was like, Hey, you're good to go. You don't have to wear fitness centers anymore. Uh um, you know, grocery stores, stuff like that. But then they're like, Oh, actually a couple months later like, You gotta wear it again. <laughs> but that was that was the biggest problem.
1: Yeah, and I looking back on it. I think it's always so ironic when people, when we went we were first into shutdowns so at the beginning of 2020, and that was uh, March when we went into shutdown. Um, and it was like, all right, you have to isolate yourself. You have to wear a mask. You have to do all this. And then, you know, a year later, all that got thrown out the window and they're like, all right, everybody, everybody's back to normal. for Like nothing's going on. Then we went back to masks and it's like, There's no consistency, which shows me that this is a group just scrambling along and doing whatever. There's not like one understanding of what's going on. So when I'm in the gym, and you know, I was working out prior to COVID as well, but it really picked up like my particular workout regime when COVID was in effect. Um, So having to bounce back and forth, you almost wanted to like not go to the gym and just do home workouts or go to like small private gyms instead, because you didn't have to deal with that shit when you were doing it yourself. Like I got all my set up here. If I want to do some kind of calisthenic workout, like I I pound that stuff here when I just don't want to go to the gym and I still here in mass, like I still have to deal with a lot of this stuff, like just the stigmatisms and whatnot of people giving you the side-eyed like stank look if you're not adhering to their social distancing or whatever and I it just makes you lose the mental edge of going to the gym I don't know if you ever experienced mm-hmm. that but I I had moments like periods of time where I just did not want to go to the gym not for the fact pa- fact that I didn't want to work out but the fact that I didn't want to have to deal with the shit that people were enforcing.
0: they are a franchise ultimately so they have to really adhere to corporate standards and what the corporate corporation says you know they could be like they like let's say you own a franchise of a corporation like mcdonald's mcdonald's really only really doesn't own any actual corporate stores so they could say whatever they want they have no idea essentially what it's like in the actual fitness centers so they could be like oh yeah you have to adhere to this you have to do this because this is what the cdc says you have to do it but at the end of the day they're not on the ground floor they don't know really what it's like it's it's easier said than done and the other problem too that we were noticing was that statistically speaking, very, very few actual cases came out of fitness centers because generally the people who are in fitness centers and gyms are the healthier side of people versus people who weren't, you know, just a comparison. So you tend to see people with stronger immune systems in the gym versus people who don't go to the gym. So very few actual cases came out of the gym, gyms and fitness centers. And I never even heard of a case where somebody lost their life because of contracting it from a gym. I just heard from last I heard it was a couple, actual like couple hundred confirmed cases being essentially from a fitness center. Beyond that, I don't think that anybody actually like got seriously hurt from it. So, um, that's the thing that people didn't really take into account was that the healthiest people out there are the ones in that building. Um, Generally speaking, so you you got to kind of you know you got to keep that in mind. We're not looking at like you know a bar or some like you know rundown like Mexican restaurant where people are just in there gorging their face out. We're talking about you know fitness center that people are going to consistently and lifting and through through lifting, cardio exercise, and all that. You're you're strengthening your immune system. So. um, that's the other thing that they need to take into account, but they never did, but it's okay. I mean, it was, it was all bundled together and it's over now. So we are good to go. That's what I'm happy about. I mean, as far as wearing masks and all that, we're good to go.
1: Yeah. And we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get flagged for our first red flag controversial topic right here. But uh, Joe Biden said a while back, uh, not a while back. It was probably, let's see, we're in, uh, I think it was just at before the summer started. So maybe like, july june sometime around then he said that actually no earlier than that it had to be january february of this year uh that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated and Mm -hmm. uh that is such a ridiculous statement because the people who like you said have the highest immune system are the people working out so we hear it all the time like in like people calling people who go to the gym, fat phobic and whatnot. But the actual pandemic, this is a pandemic of the unhealthy, not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. So people who aren't in the gym doing their thing. So like you said, your cardiovascular system alone, if you alone just are running for 30, 45 minutes a day and just build up that system, that boosts your immune system through the roof. Like that is a proven study. And when you add all the other weight training, resistance training, and all of that, your body is so much more in tune to fight different things. So the, the fact that they say the pandemic of unvaccinated is so ridiculous because when we think about the majority of the people that were affected, and I can't wait for people to send me hate mail for this, but the um, amount of people that were getting hit the worst by this pandemic, we have are people who either have never heard of what can't define what a gym is or have never been to one. Uh, You're people who are pushing the plus sizes, and of course there's genetic, you know, exclusions to that particular factor, like some people are just built like that, like I, I, I understand that, but that's got to be like in the one or two percentile. Um, but the amount of people that were getting slammed by this, old people, because generally even if you're working out, your immune system can't keep up with it. So, but the majority of you know people pushing seventy aren't in the gym every day like we are. Um, you have your people who don't work out. So, generally speaking, those are going to be people who, not just not toned, but they generally have a bit more size to them. Um, and then uh, anybody who uh, is of that in between, who isn't fully committed, because those are the people that are at most risk so it's not unvaccinated people that are ruining it it's people who don't want to take the time to take personal accountability and actually focus on making themselves better because sure you can get a shot you can get vaccinated you can get the boosters whatever to give your immune that little bit of a boost but that's not the end-all be-all you have to be working on yourself day in day out if you don't do that i mean
0: you're fucked (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, most of, that's what a lot of the CDC was saying was eating healthier, exercising and all that was the biggest contributing factor to fighting it. And so if you're immunocompromised, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> that's just, I mean, that's kind of what people are pushing for. And that's, it's kind of got pushed under the rug. You kind of got swept under the rug because you're like, oh, that's hard. That's hard. That I don't want to do that. Um, it's easy to go get a shot, but it's, it's, you know, unfortunate for those that are immunocompromised to have, you know, those predispositions to getting hurt from it. You know, people who have cancer, people who have serious illnesses and diseases that had nothing to do with how they were living their lives. That's very, very unfortunate. But for the people who put no effort towards living a life that allowed you to build a better immune system, then, you know, you're just kind of allowing yourself to potentially get more hurt from getting it. Um, and, you know, look at like before even COVID look at like germaphobes, people who, you know, sterilize everything, you know, always wear gloves never allow people to touch them. They're sick all the time because they don't allow germs in their life to give their immune system practice. So when their body gets some sort of disease or, um, cold symptoms or anything, like literally anything, that's when their body essentially shuts down because it doesn't know how to fight it. Um, so when they said isolate, At first they're like okay two weeks and it's like all right fine we can we can do that for two weeks you know we'll stay out of the gym you know we'll do whatever for two weeks but then it's like we gotta do two more weeks and we got two more weeks and we gotta do it for this long and then it's like became like okay guys we can't stay in our house forever because we're just going to make it even worse because they're like oh yeah we're having all these spikes from these parties and stuff like that from people getting together and it's like yeah because you're telling everybody to isolate so that when people do see each other they're introducing germs that they didn't have practice for for the past couple months and boom, you're getting hurt. So that's why like you see a lot less cases coming out of fitness centers is because inherently they're dirty, you know, gyms are dirty, and there's a lot of germs. So um, you're going to get, you know, more practice for your immune system through that. So that was something to take into account too. And especially when you're training next to someone who's a few feet away from you, you know, and they say, oh, within five feet or 10 feet, whatever it was for 15 minutes um, is when you're going to get the best chance of contracting it. You know, you're people's vicinity for a few minutes at a time and that's going to give you your body the most you know practice i mean i got covid at least once i might have gotten a second time i'm not even sure but i got it at least once and for me it was fine i lost my taste for a day and came back the next day and i was good to go um but the people who were really really getting hurt were the like you were mentioning the uh, morbidly obese essentially old very very old population and those who are immunocompromised through other illnesses and diseases that they already had and if you were one of those people you really should have focused on isolating yourself where you can't really bunch the healthy individuals with those people because you know they is a different kind of immune system but it is what it is you know we're where we learned from it um and the world is in a very different place now because of it and I couldn't even imagine where we would be if it wasn't for COVID. Like I don't even know what kind of world we'd be living in, good or bad, if it wasn't for COVID. It'd be a very different world. Um yeah. so I just wonder what hindrances we've had because of it. But um it happened and, you know, it's for the most part over now. People are still getting sick, but it's over now and we just are finally able to focus on life.
1: Yep. Oh, absolutely. I think <laughs> one of the funny things that I not that i train much cardio in the gym but um when i was trying to during the COVID times uh where i go uh they put these big plastic uh like walls in between each of the cardio machines which one really obstructed your airflow like you were sucking in air trying just to move but Mm -hmm. for you know i stand pretty tall and i'm pretty wide at this point so (laughs) When you're really cruising and you're kind of, you know, if you're like, take a treadmill, for example, you have a, you know, one lane that you run. In. It's not like you're running on a track where you can go side to side. So you have a one lane track on a uh, treadmill right. and you, uh, you would be running on that. But, you know, if you're in the zone and you just kind of are listening to something or you're watching something, you will drift from side to side, like just natural. And that's when mm-hmm. like the bars on the side. But they put the walls, these plastic walls, so close that I would be swinging into it because (laughs) I'm running along. Like your arms swing when you run. Um, And I would bump into it. And with cardio, you sweat more than anything else. So, like any other exercise, you are sweating the most in cardio. So, hitting a plastic wall when you're running, like, let's say 12, 13 miles, no, let's go a little less. That's a sprint. So, let's say you're running like seven, eight miles an hour and uh, you bump into a plastic wall that's dry at this point but with all your moisture and sweat it just it it feels so bad you're like tearing into it almost and that was Mm -hmm. such a weird feeling to run in I don't know if you've ever had that but it was just such a gross feeling
0: (laughs) yeah I remember seeing photos of that and I was like because we didn't have that here and I was just like that's so wild to think that like that's supposed to help and that's supposed to be like okay and I remember one of the gyms, the gym I used to work at, at the front desk, they, with COVID, they had to get, they had to remove tons of equipment, just to, just to fit those plastic walls in. And Mm -hmm. you had like a designated time amount per section. So like they would have like a bench and then you'd have like the dumbbells directly in front of you. And you're like, you only had like six minutes in there or something like that. Like it was like some sort of like allotted timeframe. Like they didn't actually keep track of it, but like, it was like, you kind of saw it from another perspective. So like if I saw someone in there for like 20 minutes, he'd be like, yo, bro, you're not supposed to be in there for 20 minutes. Like that's how that was run. So that was wild to me because here we didn't have any of that. It was, there was no plastic walls or anything. You just use what you wanted to. And really the only time they really enforced COVID as far as d- distancing went was just like cardio machines, um, making sure that you had spaced out cardio machines. Um, but that was also a pain too because the gym I go to, only now, you know, the only gym I go to now, they have five Stairmasters. So, like, that was a pain trying to get Stairmaster time because you can only really use that most three at a time. Um, so, yeah. that was a problem, too. And if that, those all five of those were used up, or all three of those are used up, you have every other machine being used up. So, it's like it was a never ending battle. and an ever ending circle of we don't have enough machines, but so you, you you had to find another machine, but then p- other people found other machines, and then you couldn't find other machines. It's just it is a never-ending circle of just not being able to do what you would need to do in the gym. Um the so that was that was the biggest. Yeah, it's kind of like treated like urinals. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you can't you can't go um, next to the dude right next to you in the urinal because uh, otherwise, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it was an a whole etiquette other right there.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. Um, but
1: yeah, it's uh, it's. <laughs> It's a funny thing to compare it to because, you know, we in the the workout world, we don't even care when someone's working out next to us. Like we're in there for one reason, and it's to build it like ourselves. Like it's again, we talked about it being a selfish uh, program in nature, which it is. And when you're in the groove of things and you're just working on whatever particular muscle group you are that day or whatever you're working out, you don't care about what's around you. So the fact that the, the plastic barriers of anything added attention to it, because I was never really like, again, I don't train a lot of cardio in the gym, but when I was training cardio in the gym, you, I, I did not give two shits who was next to me. <laughs> like, I wasn't looking. um And like, I was just doing my thing. I normally had like Family Guy running or something like that. And I was just, you know, vibing. And if anything, the plastic barriers brought more attention to it. So if anything, you were starting to become more attentive to your surroundings, and it was almost like you were bringing attention to the problem, even though we didn't even notice the problem before.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, if we just didn't even act like COVID was like a thing, I feel like it wouldn't have been as bad. I mean, obviously, we need to you know keep everybody safe, but if we started letting people back into normal life sooner, I think it would have been, we would have been better off because we're going to get these spikes, you know, seasonally, just like any other illness. So if you're going to keep treating it like it's like literally a pandemic, then it's going to stay that way. And you're going to, it's just, you're going to be scared of who has it, who's going to give it to you, what the potentials are for it. And like, if it was to, to loop back when Biden said it was a, you know, it was a pandemic of the unvaccinated I would agree with that if the vaccine truly made you, like, immune to it, but it wasn't an immunization, it just essentially gave your body practice for it so that that way the symptoms weren't as severe. That was really all it was, and even then, people who got it were still getting sick from it. Even getting the shot directly, they would get sick from the shot, and, I mean, some people I know were fine with COVID, but then they get the shot, and all of a sudden, they're, like, tanked from the shot, so if it was truly that way, then I would get behind, you know, oh, we need to get, you know, the, you know, we need to get the immunization and all of that, but it wasn't an immunity. It was just, you know, to lower the symptoms and that again loops back to living a better lifestyle in order to really help fight it. Um, And, you know, we were seeing that in some circles, especially in, you you know, social media, fitness, bodybuilding, fitness world, you start seeing that people were talking about being healthy and staying healthy. But, you know, when, if you're not in that, you know, world, you're not going to see that. And it was very swept under the rug. It was very, Oh, that's too, too, like I said, too hard. So I'm not going to do it. And just it swept under the rug. And it was just never, never ending circle. Um, but at the end of the day, we just got to really promote healthier lifestyle and, um, you know, really focusing on your physical aspects and especially your mentally too, you know, fitness is huge on your mental aspects. I mean, if anything, it's mostly about your your mentality. So, um, you know, really got to focus on the benefits of it rather than the negatives. And the negatives are just really aren't there, especially when it comes to COVID. So if you're just training properly, using proper form, staying healthy, you know, you're going to be fine. And the gym is the best place to be. So
1: and I think another reason why nobody wanted to say that it was, you know, the the people who weren't. And I'm not gonna say necessarily in the gym, but people who weren't taking care of themselves or abiding to like good yeah. fitness, nobody wanted to say it was them because when you think about like, for example, take uh, core like abs, how we work out our abs, it's a long grind, and it's more than just the gym. It's the consistency in the kitchen as well, and there's so many factors that go into it. And probably the number one searched up thing across either YouTube or the other social medias is how to get abs quick, and mm-hmm. nobody wants to. And again, I think this is the reason why nobody wanted to say things like the pandemic is affecting unhealthy and uh, unhealthy people and people who weren't in the fitness world because nobody wants to put in that time and effort. Everyone's looking for the shortcut. So if we can mm-hmm. trim it down to, if you didn't get this shot, you're the person like adhering the pro- the progress of human production like that is not that's because they're looking for the shortcut a shot that's a shortcut that's an in and out type situation going Mm -hmm. into the gym that's (laughs) there's no shortcuts in the gym um so like that's why i think it's it's so funny to think about it because like you have this gym you you have the fitness world and everybody wants to look like the top tier people whether you're a girl or guy you want to like get to that big thing. I mean, for you and I we have a little bit more aggressive, you know, views on what we want to look like, but at the end of the day, when someone sees a person who's physically fit, so that means let's say they can you can see abs, you can see definition across their muscles and they just have good posture, like they generally have a good physique to them, people want to be like that. And no one wants to put in the work. Everyone wants that shortcut. So the whole pandemic thing affecting uh, the unvaccinated whereas we're saying it's the unfitness world like the people who aren't aren't a part of it and that's because nobody wants to put in the time everyone wants that shortcut how do i get abs in four weeks that's what people want <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah and that's you know a good tie-in to like social media because social media is really increased because people talk about oh when i was a kid you know they had all these models and these magazines and stuff and it's like you thought you had it you know, you thought that people were really pushing perfection on magazines back in the day. Like, look at social media. Are you kidding me? Everybody who's gone viral on social media are like the top level, top 1% of physically attractive people in the world. And it just gets worse and worse. And you'll see a guy or a girl on social media with abs and it's like, oh, I want that. I want to get that. And you don't, people don't put it into perspective as far as time frame goes. They're like, oh, he's, 26 and I'm 27 I should be able to get that soon because he has it too and it's like that's not really how it works he's probably going for those abs since he was 22 or something like that you know it takes it takes years I mean for me to really because we're we're physically you and I are very physically different like you were you started off skinnier than I did I was very skinny fat so I had a lot of fat very little amount of muscle so I look skinny for the most part but I didn't have much muscle so whatever I had was just fat so in order to go from like, it's, it's better foundation to be skinny or lean. Like you, when you started, because whatever muscle you build, you see, which is good. That's great. And you have to eat more and you know, there's different, there's different pros and cons ultimately. But for me, it was for me to really start seeing abs. It took a, it took give or take like 10 months of solid, dedicated work. In the kitchen and at the gym and plus the less taboos or the more taboo side of things that people don't talk about it took that too to get to having visible abs and even then they weren't even really like that cut they were just there in like decent lighting um if i had bad lighting you can tell i was lean for the most part but like once i had good lighting you're like okay he has abs he has a six pack but then you know the second you start eating again it's all gone so to maintain abs and to have that year-round look it just is not maintainable and that's just not what's addressed nowadays you know especially like being in the bodybuilding world you know it's it's so it's such a mental thing to be fighting against because you see these guys posting photos of their abs or videos of them training and stuff like that and like my my the people that i surround myself with do that they take the footage and photos from their leanest point of the year and post that throughout the year. Even same of the some of the photos from the same stage shots, some of the same stage shots, some of the same, you know, even show shots, they're posting that year round. And that's not how they look year round. That's how they look for this particular week in this particular month of the year when they were prepping for months on end. Um, so that's that's part of social media too, is taking those those amazing shots and re-uploading them. And it's like, oh, they have it year round when they really don't and that's not the reality the reality is you need to build the muscle you need to lose the fat and you know i really try to address that when people ask me oh how do i get that how do i do this i'm like you really got to put in the work um somebody asked me today um hey paul how do i i want to lose 40 pounds how do i turn that into muscle how do i turn my 40 pounds of fat into muscle i'm like give or take about 5 6 years of steroid use and consistent hardcore training and and consistent dieting of bulk and cutting phases they're like oh i'm like yeah 40 pounds of muscle is not easy to gain 40 pounds of fat you could do that you could do that maybe a year like healthily you can do that in a year easily i mean i've heard people losing 60 pounds in six months granted they were enormous so that was easy for them but um you know if you're relatively lean you're 220 you want to get down to 160 or something like that you want to be skinny with a little bit of muscle you know it's going to be very very difficult to lose 40 pounds 60 pounds you know over time especially converting it to muscle and that's you know half the battle right there is just seeing that weight scale and seeing social media and everybody you know brooding for a specific look and stuff it's just social media is just so toxic Um, it's it's good to spread the message but also a lot of misinformation out there and that's one of the things that I really want to promote is just true information on how to get there and you know I'll be one to talk about the things that I've done uh, we won't get it necessarily today but um you know there's things that i've done that aren't necessarily healthy um not necessarily good for you know long-term usage or long-term living um, and we need to recognize that you know I mean a lot of the best people in the world are are on stuff that aren't necessarily legal according to the government so you need to take that into account too I mean there's very few guys I can think of on the top of my head that look like they could go viral on social media and don't take anything. There's only one guy that comes to my to my head and he's natural, but then he'll post the best photos and it's like, damn, this guy looks crazy. But then you see him in a video and it's like, oh, that's really what he looks like. So <laughs> it's it's a never-ending battle. Social media is just, it's toxic and not toxic. It just depends on what you surround yourself with. So um, That coincides with what we were talking about as far as, you know, wanting to get those quick abs because they're not quick. They take, if anything, abs take the longest to get out of everything. You know, you can get um, separation in your quads long before you get abs because most people store their fat in their bellies, especially women. Uh, Women store a lot of fat in their bellies and in their chest area, so it's a lot more difficult to get abs. And uh, for guys, for me personally, I store a lot in my hips and my lower belly, so it's even harder for me to see abs where somebody like i know who stores fat in their back so their their back always looks kind of fatty doesn't look the the best sometimes but then they have year-round abs so it's like you got to work with what you got and you know at the end of the day everybody's different and uh social media just doesn't highlight that it highlights the best of the best and who put in the work but didn't show the work on social media so
1: yeah, yeah it's a it's, uh, uh, it's a tough world when when yeah. i You know, get ready to do any kind of shoots or pictures or poses and stuff like that. It's always post workout, right in the peak of your pump, and you try to find the best lighting. So, like the Mm TikToks I make or whatever Instagram things I post out there, like, yeah, I get some great fucking shots. Like, I can make my body look really good, but it is in that moment. If you see me walking around, like, let's say I, you see me walking around. Going shopping, grocery shopping, and even post-workout. But we'll say on a day where I haven't been to the gym yet, I don't look anything like the pictures that I posted. My veins aren't popping the way that they would have because that's all you know—blood flowing and stoppages—and manipulating it so you can get a really cool shot with it. Um, when I'm walking around, I'm I'm six four and I stand skinny tall. Like that's what you see. Whereas when I'm in the gym, you're able to really manipulate your body to look. A certain way, and when we post these things, and you start to like choose your idols and whatnot throughout social media, you try to get to that attainability, like you said, year round. When that is not what, not even what they're doing. Like um, my my big thing that the, like I look into, like I'm I'm a big C-bum fan. Like that's just me personally, but like uh, he is able to maintain a bunch of size, but his show like physique. Is not what he has year-round and you see um, videos and pictures of him going to different events and meeting fans and whatnot and he's always wearing a baggy t-shirt and shorts because you can underneath that look you can see that you have size but you're not showing any kind of tonage or anything like that because that's not the attainable part of this world and so when people take a look so like someone who's trying to get into the workout world or has been in it for a little bit and they're trying to find some new sources of motivation and they start seeing these people who are shredded and they only post pics and videos of them doing their workouts maybe they even show videos of them walking around and they're absolutely shredded those pictures and videos of them walking around they did a mini workout or a full workout before taking that even if it looks like they're in regular clothes walking around like they did something to manipulate that picture and i'm not going to get into the editing because there's a whole lot of people who scam their way through it and just edit up the wazoo but the people who we're talking about like big time you know weightlifters and bodybuilders and people who look physically fit those pictures and videos always come after some kind of a workout so when people are trying to like oh i want to have arms what was the, the ronnie coleman is what the 22 inch 24 inch pythons that's what his was called or whatever um, i think it's like
0: yeah there were 22 inches but i think technically they're like 22 and a half inches like full pump flexing and everything they were like 22 and, and half or
1: something and that's the point that like exactly how you just described it full pump full flexing that was what the bicep got to and people are like oh i want to have these yoked ass biceps when i walk around his, those the legendary biceps were again full pump full b- flexing like and that's what people need to understand more when we talk about the social media aspect, that any videos and pictures that you're basing yourself off of, base that off of your post-workout pump fix. Don't base that off of, oh, I got up this morning and I stand in front of the mirror and I try and flex my lats and they don't look like shit because, you know, I just got up. Whereas if you take a lat picture right after a full back workout, you're going to have some wings right there. Like that's, <laughs> that's what people need to start comparing to when we talk about this social media thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to judge or compare yourself to people um, when you see yourself physically in person versus seeing people on social media because one of the biggest driving factors that shows the difference between people is height. Easily the biggest thing, uh, especially when it comes to bodybuilding. You know, when you're on the show, that's why they have different divisions because when you got a dude who's 6'2 and at the top of his division in weight, Versus a guy who's five eight on top of his weight division, the six foot two guy is gonna make this the five foot eight guy look tiny. But at the end of the day, it's all about your proportions. And you know, I can't compare myself to somebody like Terrence Ruffins, who's like five six or whatever his height is, because I could never look the way he does because I'm six foot and he's five six. That's a six inch difference. So no matter how hard I try, we're not gonna look similar. Sebum um, is like six foot something like that. He's he looks enormous in his photos but then you see him next to other people and he's as far as height goes he's pretty normal for the most part um and that's what's so frustrating to me like especially when it comes to tiktok because all these dudes go fame like go viral one of the ones that i will call out right now drives me nuts is alex eubanks respects to him for you know lifting putting in the effort and all of that but this dude uses the gnarliest lighting crazy filters photoshop it's a whole nine yards. Then you see him in person, like he is tiny as hell. And it's just because he's lean. And it's like, there's, there's a uh, TikTok video of this guy calling him out on it because he's like, look at this guy in his videos, in his TikTok videos. But then he said, look at when I did a meet and greet with him. And dude was tinier than the guy who's posting the video. And it's all about how you manipulate videos and cameras and footage and stuff like that. It's, that's what it is now. And that's what's unfortunate, is that back in the day, they they say the golden era of bodybuilding is the 90s. And that's because, one, just the talent coming out of that decade, including Ronnie Coleman, which is absolutely absurd. But on top of that, there was no social media influence as far as... I mean, obviously, the internet was barely even around. I do not even think it was really even fully around in the 90s. I can't even remember the timeline on it. But um, social media was... That was never even thought of yet. So to make it big you had to win shows you had to be put on magazine covers and all of that And even then magazines were like the only place you could really manipulate photos and when they were doing photo shoots they would get that pump they would be lifting weights and they wouldn't even be lifting weights the same way they normally would because when you normally lift weights you don't necessarily want to chase the pump in particular um but when you're doing a photo shoot, you want to chase the pump. So they do like, let's say like biceps, let's say you can curl like your top set is like 45 pound dumbbells. You would probably do like 25 pound dumbbells for like 40 reps, just pump as much blood through your biceps as possible. And then immediately after you put the weights down, while they're still burning, that's when you flex and take the photos. When there's just so much blood coursing through your biceps, it burns. Um, that's when they get those photo shoots. It's not, you know, top set of, you know, you're, you're, you're pushing yourself for eight reps that's not when you're building your pump it's those tons and tons of reps high 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 volume sets um, and that's what people don't take into account is whatever they're doing as far as training goes and Sebum is the number one example of that because he'll post his show videos his show photos prep files stuff like that year round I mean fuck it he just a week ago he posted a video of his cut during the 2021 Olympia it's like dude this is almost a year ago and you're posting this and it's like that's not how, he, I mean, he'll say like, this is my Olympia cut, but that's not how he looks year round. And on top of that, sebum is a genetic specimen. Like he, people are not like sebum. He was huge at 18. Like dude was yoked out of his mind at 18, where people can only hope to build that physique, um, you know, in their lifetime. And he's just the next level. You just can't get like sebum. The only person I put up against sebum at this point is Terrence Ruffins i think logan franklin will get there i mean that's probably it's a whole nother ball game but anyways um sebum went viral because of his look and it's just it's tough because he's the genetic outlier i mean that's even including the the drugs that he uses is like minimal in comparison to what most people pump their body with like grams and grams of shit where he's like not even using a gram of shit like it's like he's the genetic specimen he's the outlier of like what's essentially peak bodybuilding and he's going to go down as one of the best physiques of all time but people need need to take that into account um when they're looking at him he's there's no one like him it's like ronnie coleman there is no one who's going to be like ronnie coleman and probably no one's ever going to beat his look for a very very long time um so it's it's you know bodybuilding world is an interesting world but then you get into other fitness influencers too And that's why I mentioned Alex Eubanks because he would get decimated on stage. Um, They'd be mopping the floor with his long hair. But like, it's just, that's the reality. That's how, especially TikTok is. TikTok is the most toxic social media platform. But it's good thing you bring up CBum because he's a perfect example of social media right now.
1: And you brought up the viral part because you don't see the... People who post, like, for example, <laughs> my videos I put up there, my pics and videos, I'm working with less than 100 views and likes. Like, that is not mainstream broadcasted in the way that sebum or these other guys that go viral are. So, when you're looking, like, for example, we'll take, let's say, a person works out three months and they see uh, minimal gains, but it's enough to keep them... Um, motivated and going and then they start dipping into uh the social media aspect and like their for you page becomes just workout stuff. Like mine my for you page didn't become pure workout stuff until you know, a couple months in. But let's take this person for example and they continue doing their work and their for you page becomes all these super huge people. The only physique that they're going to want to see is those super huge people, these like you said, genetic freaks of nature, like people who are just built different. And I know that's the meme phrase, built different or whatever, but there are people that are genuinely built different. And mm-hmm. those are the people that we see on social media. And that's part of the toxicity. I mean, give them all the credit in the world because you don't get to that point without, I mean, the highest level of dedication. Like, yeah, they have the genetic gene pool of Jesus Christ, but they put in so much work and effort to get to that point. So that's not to slight that mm-hmm. in any means at all. But the fact that that is the only thing that's mainstream broadcast is broadcasted that's the problem and that's what brings the toxicity because like I, well, I went through a big phase of my and I think I <laughs> talked to you about it where I was in the gym 7 days of the week. I was working out for probably 3 hours in a like single session like going pow 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 3 hours every single day not giving my body any rest time because for me i was only seeing those super huge physiques these extremely talented people um and that is my only measure to go off of there was no in the middle i mean if i looked like specifically i could find it but my for you page and other things the algorithm only gave me the one percentile the very top so i was in there doing Everything I could, and I lost sight of why I was in the gym. Because if you go into the gym and say, I want to become that, I want to, like, you can try and make a goal for that, but that should not be the reason you're in there. The reason you're in there is to, you know, for your own. You want to look at yourself and determine what you want to look at. You don't want to look at someone else and say, That's it. Like, I want you, will, you are going to be your own person. So when people say, like, they take a look at Ronnie Coleman, they're like, I want those. That those giant arms, but then they say like specific to the way his bicep looks. That's not how that works. (laughs) You could work out your biceps nonstop and get an awesome pump and have amazing looking arms, but it's going to be specific to however your gene pool is made up. And that's how you're going to look. So when we only get a very select few people in that mainstream, you know, product being pushed out there for who you're seeing it's not attainable because you're not getting every single type of genetics there um so it's like i'm glad i'm not in that point anymore where i'm in there non-stop like i'm a lot healthier and I, I mean recovery is a whole topic in itself but everyone is going to and because of how social media is everyone's going to hit that phase where they're seeing these things these people and they are like okay the only way to do this is to grind like every single waking moment, because that's that must be the only way they got there, and that's the toxicity behind it.
0: Yeah, it's really good that you mentioned the genetics and everything, because um, that's that's the biggest that's the biggest contributing factor. It goes genetics, in my opinion. It goes genetics, then it goes food, and then it goes training. Training is the smallest contributing factor. Um, rest is even more important than training. But to to elaborate on that. My training partner, him and I look very, very different as far as physics goes because he's shorter, five six, five seven at the most, um, and the way his muscle bellies look are very different from mine. Um, the the one I could I appeal to the most is my coach. My coach is very similarly built to me, and that's part of the reason why um, him and I were so excited to work together at first. When he, when I started working with him was that he was like, look, this is your body's responding to everything the exact same way mine does, and even proportionately like my training partner now and my coach would be like look we look very very similar like even our collarbones when it comes to your chest like our collarbones are flat as hell so for us to have an upper chest that really pops we have to put in extra work because our collarbones don't slant downward like most people's and it'll pop because of that ours is flat so we have to build even more size up there but the reason i mentioned that is because um him and i when it comes to biceps, we have very long head biceps. Um, I have very long headed biceps. And that's, there's there's two types of biceps essentially is long head and short head. And when you have short head, that's when you get the peak. That's what Rodney Coleman had. That's what Arnold Schwarzenegger had. Very short head biceps that were just, especially from the outside, if you're looking from the outside of the arm, not the inside, just looked absurd because they peaks up like Mount Everest. Um, and that's how he gets such long Arms, as far as like circumference goes, that's why I mentioned my training partner because his biceps are just so short, and so it's like when he's training, there's a big space between, um, there's a space between his uh, the inside of his elbow and his bicep. So when he's training, you can see the space, but then when he flexes, it's like that space is gone because he's he's bending his arm just enough to flex his bicep, and because of that shorter head, he can essentially bend his arm more, um, and have more of a peak where for me having a longer head bicep you can't flex as far of your arm as short so you have an overall bigger mass but at the same time you're not having much peak so my arms will never look as big as dudes with short-headed biceps so that's just that's just one muscle in particular i mean um and then you get into triceps too i mean triceps is 100 percent genetic i mean i I can't really build triceps for the life of me. I mean, my life, my left tricep looks better than my right, and I try to train as evenly as I can, do separate head movements and all of that. But at the end of the day, it, it all just depends on what your genetics, you know, are going to be. And look at like Broly winkler Broly Winklar, Raleigh Winklar um, who I think was rumored not to be competing this year, but he has the gnarliest triceps in the world. But then he gets decimated in other aspects of his body. So everybody has pros and cons. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses, um, and You need to really look at yourself genetically versus others and like you said you know it you can only be yourself you know i could be like oh i would love to look like c-bomb which i would i would kill to look like c-bomb i would never look like you though even if i trained the same way like if i did everything so that i can have the best physique i possibly can we would not look the same Um, the way your muscle bellies look the way your muscles are even positioned the way your fat is distributed everything is different um there's very few people, very, very few bodybuilders that will ever look similar to other bodybuilders, and I can even think of one off the top of my head um, that looks similar. That's 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 the problem with the fitness industry is that everybody is so different. You can't necessarily say, oh, this is going to work for everybody or this is going to work for everybody, and this is what works for him, so it must work for me. That's not the reality, um, and it just it's that's what's so hard on people is that they think, oh, I'm the same height. I'm the same build roughly. I should be able to look like c and you're just not, it's just not gonna happen. Um, and that's something you need to accept right off the bat is that you're gonna only look like yourself and you're only gonna push yourself as far as your body is willing to go, especially when you get um, you know, other stuff involved such as drugs. Like you you can't push your body too far, you're gonna kill yourself. Um, but then that's a whole nother ball game, that's a whole nother talk. But when it comes to social media, it's just tough because all these dudes are sauced out of their minds. Um, And have been saucing for years and years and years, and they're like, "Oh, this is, you know, um, peak show last year," and it's like, "I'd love to look like that," but like, you're not going to look like that just simply because you're natural. You need to look at people who are natural versus people who aren't natural, and that's a little more attainable than people who aren't natural. Um, So it's just it's a very interesting dynamic that we're in right now with social media and fitness industry, Um, because you see guys who. Are genetic specimens before even taking anything but then they start taking something and everything tanks and they they like I know plenty of guys who were have a amazing, amazing natural genetics but then they have terrible drug genetics and then vice versa people who have terrible natural genetics but then they get on something that just agrees with them and they blow up they lean out they look amazing so at the end of the day everybody's ball game is different you got to stick to your court and you got to figure out what works for you and that's that's the fun of it ultimately but that's also the downfall of it too
1: and we mentioned it uh well you mentioned it just now so i'm gonna bring it up just for the purpose of identifying it um and it's not to out anybody but for so anybody listening gets a understanding of where we're coming from um paul and i are both in the workout world and heavy like full committed in the workout world um and he you heard him say you know, natural versus uh, using and whatnot. Um, so just for the context of identifying, so you here are two different perspectives. I would be what you would consider natural. I don't take any um, form of drug or anything to help boost. And again, this is not to, you know, put you on the spot or anything at all, but just for the purpose mm-hmm. of identifying, if you want to real quickly just identify what you would call what your situation looks like. And you again, don't get into the details yet, but
0: Yeah. We'll be talking about all that later on. Um, but I mean, I'm pretty open about it. You know, I'm not natural. Um, and I can't stand when people say, Oh, I'm natural right now, but I wasn't in the past. It's like, dude, the second you take anything that makes you not natural, you're no longer natural. You cannot go back. And that's what's so frustrating for me is that people are not transparent when it comes to drugs. And what I do like seeing is people who are getting more transparent. Um, I think it was like February this year or something like that. Seabum posted his off season cycle and what he was taking. And it's like, this is what I like to see. This is what we need to see. This is what, you know, especially teenagers need to learn about is what not to do and you know what to expect out of it. Cause naturally it's very, very hard to get to uh, a, a good physique and look at, the, the best example that i can use is look at natural bodybuilding versus unnatural bodybuilding so i can look at tested leagues versus te- untested leagues and you will see the, the clear distinction between who's using and who's not and what the looks are going to be like and that's why i'm someone who is open about it because you know my gains and how i look is going to be very different from those who don't take anything and um it's it can be very dangerous and i steer people away from it as much as i can i went into it knowing the risks knowing you know what can happen um and knowing how to be healthy with it with proper guidance and if you don't even have the proper guidance to begin with don't even think about touching it because you're just going to end up hurting yourself and it's it's a whole you can literally get a degree in essentially steroids which is endocrinology that's essentially the study of hormones and like, uh, Andrew Huberman is one of the top guys right now talking about that. He's an endocrinologist. He's huge in social media and, you know, you can specialize in how hormones react to different drugs and all that. And the market's constantly changing. So, you know, I'll be the first one to say, I'm not natural. We'll talk about that later on as far as, you know, what cycles look like, at least for me, but even the way I respond to certain drugs is completely different from other way other ones you know i have very little side effects from most of the things that i take where some people i know have had gnarly side effects so even that alone is a whole nother ball game as far as you know the the differences between genetics you know um i have you know Kristoff. you know you have crazy amount of hair you grow it like crazy i'm the opposite where I don't have the best hair. I mean, I can grow pretty quick, especially when I'm on cycle, but um, my hair is, I'm going to end up bald. It's just, I'm genetically predisposed to naturally thinning hair. My hair is getting thinner. My hair line is receding, um, but that's just the reality. Regardless of whatever I was taking, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen. And that's one of the side effects. Um, especially if someone comes to me and like, look, this is what I want to do. i am be like, nope, don't do it. Also, by the way, you have acne. And they'd be like, What do you mean? I'm like, it's gonna get so much worse. Like I know someone off the top of my head right now who's like who whose acne got so bad on cycle, they had to start taking like other stuff like um like proactive and stuff like that to fight it, you know, like actual harsh drugs that just ruin your skin just to get rid of the acne. So like that alone is the ballgame, you know, something you need to take into account. So just wanna get that out of the way and at least mention that because, you know, it's um it's an interesting world out there. There's definitely healthy ways of going about it, unhealthy ways of going about it. Um and I like to preach the healthy side of things because you can be healthy with it, but I also steer people away from it because you're healthiest without it. You know? Um it's like drinking, you know, diet soda. It's not inherently healthy, but it's definitely healthier than regular soda. I'll say that. Um, but I definitely would steer people away from drinking diet soda in the first place. So you got you to gotta pick your battles. Um, and for me, I went the route. I went as far as my body naturally could. And my coach was like, hey, you know, whenever you're ready, we could take it to the next level. We're kind of ready to do that. So let me know. And then a couple months later, I was like, hey, I'm ready to take it to the next level. And we did it as healthy as possible. And, um, you know, I'll preach healthy ways of doing it, but I'll also preach against it. So, yeah, we'll just say yeah. that. <laughs>
1: that's a conversation like that we'll have, uh, in the future as well. Cause that's a huge thing in itself. Um, so just kind of looping back to, uh, uh, we, we were, we had discussed how we're in, how when you go to the gym, you're in your individual person and, um, comparing yourself to others, you can use that as like, uh, small goals, but it should never be your full goal. Um, I had a mm. really funny moment happen to me. Um, this was a couple of weeks ago. Um, I had I was working out with a gal that but uh, we are both going through some stuff so we're like all right let's go work out together, get all this get all the mental side out it's like let's go work out and um we for our muscle groups we were hitting different stuff, but we both were hitting core that day, so we went to go hit core together and i put I put her through what my core cycle is like, so on that given day it was um first it was uh And I'll just walk through the, it's a little cycle I do, but it was, um, started with knee up, uh, crunches. Uh, so you're on your back and you're doing leg up, knee up, uh, crunches, and you're going up to that. Then you do a uh, leg lift set after that. Then you do a Russian twist set after that. And then you do a weighted sit up set after that. And it's a cycle of those four things that you uh, run through. And, um, just because it's one that I created, she was like waiting And if she finished first, she would wait to see what I did because I just did it automatically. Like for me, I know the cycle. I'm doing it right away. I'm not explaining it. Whereas she was new to it that day, so she was watching me do it. Um, And so the knee up crunches we did at about the same time, when it came to the leg raises, this is where the reason why I'm talking about this story, it's because uh, she finished the leg raises and must have been half the time I did. And that's because I stand at 6'4", and she stands at like (laughs) 5'2". So Mm -hmm. when she's doing her leg raises and she's lying on her back and going straight, bring her legs straight up, her range of motion is so much smaller than what I'm doing with my legs. And it takes my body so much more force to bring my legs up to do that. So when, and I bring this up because we talked about the comparing to other people, so... If she was basing it purely on what I was doing and going at the speed I was doing, she might not get the same pump that she was looking for, like the same ab progression that she was looking for, because my body needs that little bit more time to get the legs all the way up just because I'm long as shit. I it, <laughs> My body takes a lot to do that. And granted, I mean, you can then make the argument for ab strength and whatnot, but that to the side, like, it, you have to base it on your own thing. So she knew the exercise we were doing and then she finished it I mean again like half the time I did because for me it was what I was doing it takes me a lot longer just because of my range of motion of how I'm like twice her size um and so not twice their size but you you know what I mean <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh so when you're basing it on someone else like for example if I was doing a um you know those guided workouts that you can find online and whatnot. if I was basing it entirely off of someone else and I was trying to do it exactly as they were doing it, that hinders my own gains because your body wants to do it in a certain way, and that's why we bring up the individualization of your workout cycle because if you're basing every single thing on someone else, you're not going to be working on your own gains, you're going to be working on gains towards someone else's. so that's the only reason why I share that because she was like I had to explain it to her and like she was like, oh, why does it take you so much longer to do this? And I was like, well, first off, don't roast me because you can't be coming after my abs like that. But uh, then I explained like how the range of motion is so much greater and it takes my body so much longer to do that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, it's a good it's a good thing that you mentioned that because that's a huge contributing factor, especially when it comes to limbs. You know, if you have longer limbs, everything is going to be much more difficult um, look at the shortest dude the strongest dudes in the world are well, I mean strong men obviously they're enormous dudes. But power lifters wise, let's say we're talking about powerlifters. A lot of the power lifters out there, some of the strongest powerlifters, especially when it comes to like bench, have super short arms and are very small dudes because they don't need to use as much range of motion. And range of motion is one of the biggest factors when it comes to lifting. And that's one of the things, you know, I always really preach is range of motion and um, cause range of motion will vary. You know, if you're going for your, you know, lower abs, leg lifts are good and, um, your range of motion is going to vary. I mean, you don't want to swing it, but like you can get us, you know, a better range of motion. If you're doing like, uh, whatever it's called, um, captain's chair, there it is. Captain's chair, leg lifts, you get a better range of motion. Cause you're up in the air, your legs are dangling below you. And you lift it up to whatever you can bring it up to where if you're laying down on floor your legs are going to only go as far as the floor goes which is essentially parallel with your body um, so range of motion is a huge contributing factor and limb size is a huge contributing factor you know the guy i train with he you know we don't train that often anymore but when we were training very consistently like he would at least be able to keep up with me as far as weight goes because he was much shorter you know he's much lighter he had a lot more muscle than me. So he was able to keep up with me as far as a lot of the key movements. And it was kind of like, it kind of sucked because I'm like, damn, I got like almost 50 pounds on this dude and he's keeping up with me. But it's because he's got shorter limbs. He's got more muscle mass to his body, um, lower fat percentage. So that's something that people need to take into account. And that's one thing that to tie back to social media, that's so toxic seeing is people going for prs and you know hitting as heavy weight as you possibly can where that should be the especially when you're going for muscle building that should be the least of your words like i don't even like people ask me all the time what my pr is and i'm like dude i have no idea like i couldn't even i couldn't even tell you like my squat maybe um maybe 365 to 400 for one maybe um but that's, that's a big if, I mean, I can get three fifteen for right now, probably about five. Um, So, I mean, as far as getting one, I have no idea. Uh, I've never tested for one rep and it's just, that's, that's also the side of toxicity that you're seeing because you're seeing um, muscle look side of things, which you and I are more in the world of um, which is essentially hypertrophy, which is muscle building muscle, look looking good. Then you got the side about strength and somebody that I know, talks about strength a lot with me and i'm like dude this like this shit just don't matter like to me it just doesn't matter um because like you could be strong as hell but you could not look that good then again that's just also comes out of taste but you know if you're going for one rep maxes it's going to take you forever to build muscle and that's just the reality i mean it's it's like um there's not really much i can compare it to but when it comes to building muscle you're going to build the actual number of uh muscle cells within your body um, where building strength, you're gonna essentially make your muscle cells denser. So, like, look at like the best example I use for that is like, look at like those 40 year old 40s guys in the gym. They're strong as shit because they've been lifting for 20, 30 years. They might have looked great at one point, but now they got you know beer bellies and all that. But these dudes are repping three plate bench press like it's nothing. It's their warm up basically, but it's because their muscles are so insanely dense that they could just lift weights like it's nothing and then all these kids especially like younger like we're 24 25 is most of the people we're hanging out with um younger than us they're going for these prs i'm like bro you first of all just started lifting and second of all the muscle you're gaining or the strength you're building is not dense muscle it's you're not going to have the strength that you want to have and it's just not the reality is you're you're looking at these powerlifters, most powerlifters, strongmen, and all that are in their thirties at least, and that's really when they start peaking. Um, you know, we're just starting. We're just starting. You know, most people, most guys, don't peak until like around thirty, and that's you know that's when you're gonna look your best. And all these kids are 18, 19, 20, going for PRs every single time they lift and not making any progress, and then comparing themselves to dudes yeah. who have been lifting for twenty years using the same weight. But they're using proper form, they're using proper timing as far as the actual rep goes, actually doing hypertrophy with the weight. Um, and it's like, oh, if you don't hit this PR, you know, you're know, you a bitch. But it's like that's not the reality, um, especially when you surround yourself with people who know what they're doing. You know, um, I always preach the lowest number of reps you should be going for is eight. You should go for at least eight for every set you do anything less like sometimes i'll get you know four or five out of a set because i push myself a little bit too much and i just don't i didn't have the strength to get to eight but anything less you're not really building any muscle at that point sometimes you'll have you know genetic specimens i think dorian yates was like that he he did um only a few reps on his top sets like five or six reps on his top sets but he was also dorian yates i mean you can't you can't you can't come close to dorian yates's size um but he was not liar. So it's just, it's it's tough when it comes to strength and looks and all that because you're going to get both sides from everybody and social media is going to promote both and um, everybody wants to be the best of both worlds but you can't, you got to pick one. Um, and you're going to see that toxicity coming out in certain people and it's just, it sucks to see, you know, especially in the younger generations, it's it sucks. but
1: And the majority of people, what yeah, and the majority of people who are on social media and this is probably got to be the 90 to 95th percentile of people on social media are aged I'm going to throw it out. They're probably 20 and younger, 20 and younger. I mean, probably the, the biggest chunk, 70, percent of it is probably between the ages of 14 and 18. Like
0: that's years ago for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when we have these videos of people slamming these one rep PR, so like, for example, If I posted a picture or a uh, video of my deadlift PR, for example, and right now uh, I got to do the math again, but I'm somewhere like three, three forty or a couple like that. That's what I'm working with right now. And if I post a one rep max, like just absolutely slamming it down, the people who see that are going to see that and go, okay. So my goal should be to hit that for one. And this is why what you said was great because your minimum you want to be able to move weight for rep. So when someone asks you for your PR or whatever, just let some calculator handle that. Like there's no reason to be striving to find your PR because when we have kids, let's say age fourteen to eighteen, somewhere in the range, and they uh, they wanna find out what their PR is, they are they don't know that there's a math side of thing. They don't know that you can just plug in your rep and your weight and something will calculate it for you. So they're going to push themselves to do these one rep maxes and they're going to injure themselves horribly and ages 14 to 18 that i mean we develop mentally until we're age 25 and physically i mean when you're going through puberty and whatnot your your body is naturally building itself up up until age 18 19 so if you're pushing yourself and can potentially gruesomely injure your body during those developmental years just because you wanted to match a single rep PR that you saw on social media, you fuck up your body for life. That's why we have people who are so fucked, like we have, you know, you hear, I mean, again, this is small percentage, but some of the um, people who are like paraplegics who, you know, are really fucked up and they tell you the stories of when they tried to do some shit and that's what caused them to do it because they did it in their developmental years. You start to do that, like social media is encouraging that. It's encouraging these kids to try and really just push themselves for these single rep things. Like you see the uh, the terrible injuries that come from bench press PRs. When someone goes for a bench press PR, and let's say they're a young kid, let's say sixteen, they're in a high school gym. They see a video of someone hitting two twenty five. So they see someone hit the two twenty five club, and they're like, "All right, I'm gonna try and do this." and um, They go into their gym. They get their buddies around them. They hype themselves up, get that adrenaline factor going. Maybe, I mean, in a lot of gym, in high school gyms, like athletic gyms, we have smelling salts and whatnot. So we get ourselves, like, psyched up like that. You get your body in position for everything you need it to be. You get that weight off of the rack. You bring it down, and then you start to struggle with it. And these kids don't understand that you're allowed to say, I can't get this up. You're allowed to say, I'm not, like, this is not working for me. Because they see all these social media things. And in social media, like, when you film a video of you PRing, and again, I know you don't do the single rep PRs very often, um, but when I film a single rep PR, I intentionally don't have a spot near me. Because for the video purpose, you're not, and I'm a victim, or not victim, I'm guilty of this toxicity as well, but you intentionally don't have a spot person with you because the video just looks better when you do a PR, a single rep PR with nobody around you, And then you get up and you're like, you're psyched up. So these kids in these high school gyms, let's say they're on a football team and they're like, all right, I'm going to hit 225 for one rep. And if they're anything less than an O-line or D-line in high school, you're not hitting 225. And so you, this kid will go and take the weight right off the rack, go, and they struggle to get it up because they don't want to ask for help. And then it slips and it crushes their diaphragm because... 225 slamming down even from 6 inches is going to do some serious damage. And if you have your rib cage cracked in like that at age 16, you're fucked for life. I don't care what kind of STEM science is available now, you're fucked. And so, in order to work past that, we need to start to show in the social media aspect, like, hey, you're allowed to say, I'm not able to get this up. You're allowed to admit when you tried something and it didn't work. And granted, we should be pushing away from that single rep max anyways, because when you are in a world where you're only striving for that one, like, oh, I'm going to push this weight up for one single rep, and then you get gruesomely injured, we got to get away from that anyways. But if we can't do that in a single hurdle, we have to get take steps towards it. So the first step would be naturally to allow yourself to ask for help. Like, enjoy having a spot near you. Like, it is not At all, a bad thing in the work in the gym world, and you and I know it because we've been in it for a couple. I mean, a long time now. But there is no shame at all when you're struggling and you can't get it up, and you like yell at someone like, "Hey, kind of get over here, help me out," or like if you already have a spot, like give them the nod and they help you out. There, like, there's no shame to that, and that's what we need to promote more within this uh, within the workout world because the positivity behind asking for someone for help that boosts more than just your gym abilities that boost your mental because you're now teaching yourself to ask for help which is what so many people don't do anymore
0: yeah i mean you see i mean especially when you get into the older um brackets mid-20s and up not that that's old at all obviously but you start seeing more spotters and all that then and you know in the bodybuilding world you see plenty of spotters and that's one of my that's one of the reasons why i really want to have you know, a consistent training partners is because it's for spotting and that's where you can really put yourself and um look at like powerlifting meets. I mean there's there's a spotter on each side of the bar, there's a spotter behind whatever movement they're doing in front of. Like there's spotters all over the place just in case they can't get the rep up. Um you know the, the only real key compound movement that um you don't need necessarily a spotter is uh deadlift. Deadlift you don't necessarily need a spotter for it's nothing really a spotter can do to help you but Besides that, I mean bench and squat, especially you need a spotter. And um, just, just I, I, just really try to promote people. If you're not going to be doing powerlifting meets, just, just stop worrying about how much weight you're lifting. Because chances are, you're probably in the gym to look better, not to be stronger. Um, if you're in the gym to look strong or to be stronger, why? What's the reason? Do you have any sort of goal as far as why you're going to use that strength or where you're going to use it? Like, you know, if you're training for a powerlifting meet or something like that completely understandable. If you're training for some sort of competition, totally understandable. But if you're training it just to be strong, just to say you can hit that, you know, weight or whatever, to me, I don't agree with that sort of lifestyle, but that's just me. Um, but chances are, like I said, you're gonna be in there for looks and PRs and going really really heavy weight, it almost never coincides with muscle gain. And that's not something people want to talk about. Um and to elaborate further on that, for instance, um like I've said, the your age and your muscle density plays a huge role into how strong you are. Um, Nick Walker. A lot of people know who Nick Walker is now. He's got tons of followers on social media. Just insanely huge genetic specimen. Like, this dude is absurd. Um, take, let's just say I've heard what he takes, and it's grams of shit. And he's, I would be surprised if he lives past 40. But that's besides the point um he's pretty young for how his big his size is you know he's i think he's like 27 28 something like that dude is enormous and then he lifts a c-bomb dude he's been huge for a long long time um ben you know he's probably like i don't even know what how old he is now like 30 around 30 i think um when they lifted together nick and c-bomb c bomb was much stronger than nick was um, they were on T bar rows and I think Nick was doing reps for, with five plates, which is heavy as hell. But then I think C put like eight on there or something. He needed more weight and that's just because his muscle density is there. Even though Nick is so much bigger than C it doesn't matter because Nick's muscle density is just much, much higher. It's, he's dense as a rock. And so size doesn't necessarily coincide with density. Um, you know some of the strongest dudes out there are look relatively skinny but they're just strong as hell um you know i've seen videos of dudes who look skinny um and all of a sudden they'll throw around 300 pounds like it's nothing um and that just comes out of muscle density and they're not going to coincide and we really i really really try to preach that um that muscle density and you know strength and look do not coincide with each other um So it's, it sucks seeing that on social media when people are going for PRs. And I mean, I have my cousin who's 12 years old. asked me for my, what my PR is. He's a, he's a football player and he's like, what's your PR? I'm going for his new PR. I'm like, dude, you're 12. Like you just, just focus on getting fit, focus on fitness, focus on doing well on the team. That's what you need to be focusing on. PRs in the gym, not going to matter. You don't have, your body doesn't have the structure yet. You're, You're like, your body, you're like, you're not there yet. Um, you're going to need at least another six years before you can really start talking about PRs or even relatively focusing on it. Um, But social media kind of pushes that now and younger and younger kids are getting on social media. Um, And it's just making it worse and worse and adding to the number of people who are involved in that sort of talk, in that mindset. So really got to preach that. And um, it's good to see people who preach it. And then it sucks to to see people who do the opposite and don't preach it. But I, I like what you brought up about
1: uh, muscle density because you have um <clears throat> you have the you know older folks long timers in the gym and they might not look good but they they're strong as all hell um but then the younger folk who want the look and it's not necessarily equatable in strength so the one that I always see um you do you know the guy do you know uh William Lee you know who that is um. um... Is that... Personal fitness guy, um, but big influencer. He's, I, I see him a lot on Instagram, but um, he's this Asian mm-hmm. dude. And uh, he does this video, and I don't have a uh, pen near me, but he, uh, he does this video where when he talks about pecs and chest stuff, he pokes his pec and it looks like a motherfucking balloon. Like he's, it, it's mm-hmm. obviously post pump and everything, but he pokes it and he's like, if you want chest gains, you got to do this. And it's this, like, it literally looks like he has a balloon attached to his body. And when you talk about muscle density, there's not a drop. Like there, there is no density at all when you have a floppy peck like that. And don't get me wrong, that dude, the dude is jacked. He knows what he's talking about. Like I give him credit, but he's he's publicizing the wrong look. Because if you want, that's essentially boobies. If you want boobs, like that's not muscle. Muscle will help you define that, but. like, a pec that is, like, well-defined, and, like, if you're benching a lot or doing a lot of uh, fly weight stuff like that, your pecs are going to be tight. They're going to be, I mean, visible, but you can't poke them around like that. They're going to be these rock-solid parts of your body. And, granted, you can you do, like, pec popping and, you know, like, the, your poses when you pop the pecs anyways. Like, that's separate. Like, you're flexing the muscle within it. But if you just poke a pec and it bounces around, like, there's no density within that. And it does look cool, but that's not promoting the right thing. Because when we are when we talk about the promoting positivity within the gym, you just want to have a promotion of working out for your own sake. Like you want to make yourself stronger, you want to make yourself look better, et cetera, et cetera. And if you're focusing on this dude who has bouncy pecs, like that's one might not be attainable for you, and two, it's not something that you should strive for you want to be striving for you know rock solid like if you if you're lifting a lot of weight you're going to be rock solid like when we talk about these long timers they might not look good but if you touch their muscle that thing ain't moving that thing is (laughs) like some of the shoulder blades on the old timers at the gym i go to you i mean you could run through a wall with those things like and that's what you should be striving for because muscle density equates to like you said the ability to lift more weight and while we shouldn't be pushing people to go for those single rep PRs being able to lift more weight that's part of the gym and uh yeah so I just I just I see he pops up this thing that the William Lee guy pops up all the time on my for you page because you know with the workout world and my feed is all about different guys and the chest stuff it, that just drives me crazy because he pokes that pec and a kid in high school sees that goes all right I want to do that like that that's That's not what you should be striving for.
0: Yeah. I mean, one thing I do want to add is that when you do build muscle and build quantity of muscle, as far as looks goes, you will get stronger. Um, So it's not to say that you're going to stay weak. If you build muscle, I'm just saying that to get insanely strong, it's not necessarily about look or how much muscle you have. It's going to be about the density. Um, And then that's when you get into like whole nother world of like how to train to build muscle and all of that. And, you know, what hypertrophy is and what counts is, um, you know, going for strength training and, you know, um, going for, you know, show look and all of that, you know, that's why like, you don't like, I don't call myself a weightlifter. Um, when I'm in the, when I'm in the gym, I'm training for a show I'm training. Um, you know, there's weightlifters who you can kind of call like Olympic lifters. Um, that's essentially what weightlifting is. And then you got like powerlifters and then you got strong men. Um, and you got like CrossFit and all of that. So there's different types of weight lifting and sets and reps and all of that. Um, which is, you know, a whole conversation about the differences between each one. But, um, powerlifting is the most common one besides bodybuilding. And that's just the three key movements of bench, deadlift, and squat. Highest number uh, that you can possibly get between the three. Most people's first goal is a thousand pounds between the three, and then it goes up from there. Um, But at the end of the day, when you're going for muscle look, you're not going to be training the same way. And, you know, you got to be training. The the best way for me to put it is if you want to train for muscle, muscle look especially, you're going to be training to make the sets and movements as hard as possible. Where if you're training for strength, you're going to be training to make it as easy as possible. You want to lift as much weight as easy as possible to get that weight up where if you're training for muscle look you want it to be as hard as hell slow reps tons of reps lightweight you want it to hurt you want it to burn it's a different kind of movement that you're doing um different kind of training style so um it just they just don't coincide and people are like oh i just go for prs once a month and it's like bro you shouldn't be going for prs once a month in my opinion you should be going for n- really? never prs really um especially if you're going for muscle look um you know you can like you said there's a calculation if you want to calculate what you can really lift as far as pr goes there's a rule of thumb which is let's say you're your max for eight reps let's say you're you're benching 225 for eight um and like that eighth rep you just barely get it but you get it you just barely get it multiply 225 by 1.225 that's the rule of thumb for your pr so in the case that you're lifting 225 for eight let me do the calculation real quick 225 times 1.225 you're looking at about 275 pr which is another 25 pound weight on each side so it's two and a quarter on each side um that's a good rule of thumb as far as what your actual pr is it's going to vary you could lift more you might not lift as much it's it all just depends and then um you know there's more to it i mean i've lifted in so many different types of gyms powerlifting gyms bodybuilding gyms even like borderline crossfit gyms and um the mindset between each one is so incredibly different. Um, like I got barked at one time because I was, I was at the gym and this one guy's lifting by himself when I used to go to a powerlifting kind of gym. They had a bodybuilding section, but um, they had a powerlifting section too. And it had a very heavy member usage or member of powerlifting community. So they had tons of members who were powerlifters and this guy was benching. And man, I could have sworn the right side of the bar was like, four inches lower than the other side i'm like this dude is gonna like break his fucking shoulder so i go up to him after a set i'm like look i know you know you know what you're doing i was like look i'm just saying you, because you don't have a spot or anything from my angle it looked like the right side of the bar was lower i'm just letting you know because i have a bad left shoulder and it happens to me and i don't know when it's happening unless somebody tells me and he goes i know more than you huh. and i'm like go fuck yourself. I hope you break your shoulder because at this point I'm like, dude, I'm trying to help you. Like this is the, this is different, the difference between communities. I mean, at least for me, there's plenty of toxicity within bodybuilding, but like you need to pick your battles and there's so much toxicity in different communities. And that was the day that I knew I'm like, I need to get out of this gym because every single power lifter I've talked to at this gym, is just so incredibly toxic within the bodybuilders. One of the nicest bodybuilders I've ever met in my life. One of the nicest guys in general, I've ever met in my life went to that gym. And I'm like, why is there such a disparity between these two communities within this gym? Like, why is there such a big difference? And I think that also kind of stems from the toxicity of it too, because, you know, you have all these powerlifters really going for these numbers and try to like get their way through it and having all the, these, the, you know, the, um, the weightlifting vests on that like help with the bench press. And then, you know, these super thick knee sleeves that add so much balance to your squat. And then like, you got like, the um the bot the the band that goes across your chest to help lift the bench press. And then you got like elbow sleeves that even give your bench press more spring. And I'm like, why is this so promoted? Like I have so much respect for raw powerlifters who just go in there with shorts and no shirt and just lift the shit out of weights. And those are the most humble people I ever met. Like the people who just lift just to lift and they're there going for strength doing one rep every five minutes and it's just i'm just i just feel bad for those who get kind of sucked into that community and into the toxicity side of it where they hog a squat rack for for three hours doing a set every 15 minutes and trying to go for a pr every single set and it's you know it's unfortunate but i'm i go off on these tangents but anyways it's um it's an interesting dynamic to see the difference and that was like it was like the pacific ocean and the atlantic ocean meeting like you can literally see the line between who's powerlifters and who's bodybuilders in that gym and that will play a role too what gym you go to i mean empire athletic um in Leominster, in massachusetts great gym but they also have a you know a solid powerlifting community and some of those people i've seen are just so toxic there so it's just unfortunate that that happens and that social media has a huge role in that and all these dudes are posting these prs and stuff and it's like you don't need to be you don't need to worry about that dude like you're okay like you lift great weight it's impressive you don't need to post a pr every week um and but people think think that they have the obligation to do that because that's the community that they're in and if they don't do it they're not lifting i mean i i would go through i'll go through months of never posting my physique because especially recently like i went through a um, growth phase during the summer so i did the opposite of what most people do usually people grow during the winter and then lean out for the summer um i grow i grew through the summer and then i'm leaning out essentially for the winter um so i had nothing to post during the summer really because there's nothing to nothing to me that was um impressive enough to be like look this is what i got going on right now um because there was stuff that contributed to an unhealthy response within my body which we'll get into later on at some point on another day but like i gained so much water weight so fast and so much fat so fast it was just like i'm just like i just got nothing to post i don't have the look that i want to have and that goes into the toxicity of it you know the the body dysmorphia side of things um where you don't think no matter how much you lift or how you look you're never good enough um and social media plays such a role in that um tying all the way back to what we were saying in the beginning you know never having the right look you always have to have a pump in your photos and you always have to look the best with the best lighting and um it just i'm trying to fight that within myself trying to fight that tux- toxic mindset um which is what my current social media posting is is road to married i getting married on the 16th next month so posting almost every day, give or take every one to two, maybe three days of what I'm looking like, where my weight's at and the realistic weight loss transformation of going from just over 204 pounds for me to hopefully I'm aiming at this rate. I'm aiming to be like 196, 197 when I get married. So it'll be about a six week transf you know, body recomposition. And I'm trying to fight that within myself because I have love handles and I have lower belly fat and Posting that's kind of hard, you know. It sucks, but that's social media for you. It's having to always post the best of the best, and if you don't have that, then you feel like you're missing out and you're doing something wrong. But you got to trust the process, which is another conversation you can get into.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, I uh, when when I first, I mean, I've been in the gym world for some time now, but when me and the group of guys got going, um, this was sometime around the beginning of COVID, probably around. I don't know, a couple months into COVID after the initial shutdown. So, when uh, gyms were available to go to, you just had to mask up and whatnot. Um, The goal of, because for that like month period of time, you only had social media and what existed prior. You didn't have new content because no one was making new content unless there was like individual gyms, like garage gyms and shit like that. So, for me, I was watching a lot of stuff. And getting in my head about it. So when we finally got back to the gym, um, and I'll share uh, like my leg day for example, um, we're doing our leg presses and with the group of guys I had to, um, you know, adhere to the ego side of things um, because when you see the social media side you have this ingrained, like we talked about toxicity, where you have to um, push yourself To lift the most amount of weight so when I was with the guys um, uh, my legs are a lot stronger than most people's just because of my lifestyle and everything I've done in the past so I would go and try and throw you know eight plates aside and just absolutely one two times just shred um, my particular uh, leg press for that day and that's what i did when i was working out with a group of guys when i distanced myself and i started working out individually it stuck around for a little bit but now when i go in and i do my leg press i'm doing maybe three four plates on a side maybe i'll go to five but that's not often three four plates and i'll just rep it because we talk about uh that eight rep minimum and you want to really push yourself because for us working out is manipulating our bodies to look better So to actually get the gains to look better, you need that rep. And so for me, going eight plates on a side for one, yeah, it's cool as shit to do that, but you're not actually gaining the look that we want. Like, my quad increase, like, look-wise, has been substantial since I switched to uh, taking the ego out, taking the social media out, and just focus on slow, controlled reps 8 to 12, I I like to go for 15 when I'm doing legs just because I brutalize my legs, but um, going really slow, actually looking at the muscles, like when I work out my legs, like I wear some short shorts because I want to see what I'm working, and also changing your foot position on, this is for leg press, but that's just the example I'm using, um, and taking those super slow reps because have the control and that's where we build our mind muscle connection and we start to actually understand what goes into it. That's when you start to see the physical gains. Like when you're able to build on your physical look, that's when you start getting that. So for me that was a definitely a process and you don't get that by watching social media. Because if you only adhere to what you see on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you're using, or even Snapchat stories of other people, like if you only adhere to that you're never going to be focusing on yourself and you're never going to get to the point where you are um, taking the slow time to do your reps, taking a lot of reps, not worrying about how much you can push at a single time. So like, I loved working out with the, the group of people I did, but I had to distance myself because if I didn't do that, I would have never been making these physical gains that I'm making now. And that's something that I think a lot of people need to understand as well because the group you surround yourself with, they might be great, in the moment, but if you take a look at what your goal is in the gym, like, sure, if it was my goal to push eight plates once a week, like, yeah, sure, I'm hitting that goal every time, every damn time. Because when you have a group around you, you get an adrenaline rush too, you don't want to fail in front of other people, like, you get that rush. So you can push yourself to do that. But a more attainable goal of pushing your physical health and like looking better, I don't know. For me personally, I had to take myself out of every group and I train solo most times now just because. I can't take my ego out of it when I'm with other people, especially when I work out with women. Like I am trying to push myself to lift a lot of weight, look really cool and just put on a show. Like, for example, I'll share again, um, working out with this gal, uh, two weeks ago and, uh, she joined for my leg day and we're squatting and, uh, we're squatting on a Smith machine. So you have a little bit more uh, stability, like you can't wobble and whatnot. And so I was, I did my first two sets and I was doing it on the weight she was doing because I, I was just, you know, I was getting, I was repping out, I was doing what I was supposed to, but then for when that third set came around, that ego came back in and I wanted to put on a show. So I took the weight and I did a pistol squat. (laughs) I did a pistol squat with like, I think it was like a plate and a half on each side. Absolutely no reason to be doing that purely for the point of putting on a show. And I did it for maybe like three reps and. She was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And in my head, I was like, I'm dying right now. My leg wants to fall off <laughs> because there was no reason for me to be doing that. But the ego side of things, which is that ingrained aspect that social media implants with it. And any person who focuses on the social media aspect of things forced me to do that. I didn't want to, but I was like, you know what? In the moment, I'm going to put on a show. Here's Pistol squat on a plate and a half on each side. And that, I mean, that's intense right there. So I think distancing ourselves from this egotistical mindset that gets implanted from uh, seeing different videos of people putting that max weight on.
0: Yeah, and like I said earlier, you know, when you build up your muscle mass, you're gonna also build up strength as well. And I was in the same boat, you know, the gym I used started in. Really, when it came to lifting, you know, I was seeing these dudes repping eight plates for for reps, and I'm like, oh man, I'd love to be able to do that. And I was just pushing my at the time I didn't know what I was doing and I was just pushing way too hard to get to that point and you start to damage your joints. And that's huge. Like that's such a downside to pushing a lot of weight and a lot of kids are going to learn that the hard way. Um, but it's like, there's so much more rewarding to get to the point where you're like, you, you, especially when it comes to like a big movement, like, leg press. um, you know, you're training, you're doing tons of reps with with, you know, 4 or 5 plates or whatever, and you start working your way up and I'm at the point now where I am that guy who does, you know, 10 12 reps of 8 plates. Um and that's in as far as leg press goes, I only ever do leg press when it comes to a quad focused movement. So I would even like looking back, I now that I know what I'm talking about and know, know what I'm looking at looking back the guys I was watching were doing like neutral stance leg press that was hitting pretty much every single muscle in their legs and I'm like man I could do that like I feel like my warm-up would be eight reps if I was focusing on hams glutes and quads for each rep but that goes into also you know focusing on different muscle groups and muscle heads and all of that but it's so much more rewarding being able to be that get to that point where you're like okay that I hit that goal like this is the goal that I was going for and I can finally like truly hit eight plates for for a lot of reps and that was you know something i wanted to do when i first started in the gym um and i think that's what a lot of these kids really strive for subconsciously is like they want to be that guy that they look up to and but the problem is is they want the like you said mentioned earlier uh they want the fastest way to get there and that's through prs so to them you know seeing these guys rep out 225 If they can do one for 225 on bench, they're like, I'm like right there with that guy. I'm like right there. not much longer than I can can hit what he's hitting. And it's like, well, the dude wasn't focusing on that. He hit 10 reps at 225 and you're hitting barely one. It's going to take a long, long time before you can get to 10 reps at 225. And that plays into time and age and all of that too that I have a problem with. My biggest problem is – like especially when it comes to p- competing, like I want to be a pro. Like I want to be pro right now. And like I'm like, oh, this this guy's pro already, or this guy's going for pro. And it's like my coach just recently got pro last year, and he got pro when he was 30. And I'm like, I'm 24. I'm like, I got six years to get to that point. And he fully earned it. I mean, he earned his pro card at one of the hardest shows to win at, and he got overall. So he he won arguably the hardest amateur show in the country. Um, so he totally earned that. But um I compare myself, I'm like, oh man, I'd love to be a pro right now. Like I'm jealous of him. But then again I'm like, he's also thirty. I got six years before I'm thirty. So I'm like, you gotta look at the time frame difference. You gotta look at the age difference. And that's also a big problem too is that people don't talk about how long they've been in the gym or what age they are and stuff like that. You know, some of the best bodybuilders in the world. I mean, for instance, I don't think Ronnie Coleman won an Olympia until he yeah. was like 35 I think or some shit like that like he was already pretty old as far as bodybuilding goes until he won his first Olympia he was competing for like a decade prior to that and was losing for the longest time and then he just it clicked one year and he started winning and he kept winning after that um so you got to just look you can't compare it's hard to compare yourself to especially people in different age groups um and that's what these kids are having problems with is that they're seeing, especially like these, like, uh, there's like these genetic outliers of kids who are like 16, just squatting 600 pounds. And it's like, this dude's built like a bowling ball and squatting these this insane weight. And it's like, yeah, that's very, very impressive. But he's the outlier. And these kids are like, I should be able to lift that. It's like, dude, you're you're a wide receiver for your high school football team. You're not going to be squatting that. Um, and it's just, it's, it's tough. Um, and like you're saying, it's it comes from ego and especially if you live in groups and that's there's like that whole meme now is like the broccoli heads of high schoolers that come in flocks of four and five. And this gym I used to go to, I don't go to anymore. Um, I loved it, but one of the downsides was when I would go it was like after they would get out of school and their the school bus would drop them off. It was like four or five of the same kids every day. They're all wearing crocs and tank tops and stuff and Just trying to go for PRs every time they lift, And I'm like, oh, man, I want to tell them to stop. But, like, I'm not going to be one of those guys who gives unsolicited advice, but I'm just like, I'm just, this this is an accident waiting to happen. They're going to hurt themselves. And I think that's one of my biggest um, recommendations to people is having the proper guidance, having someone who truly knows what they're doing in the gym, showing you what to do. Um, it's going to set you up for the future. You're going to save years of trial and error if you just have someone show you proper form and have someone show you um, what truly works and what movements to kind of avoid and, um, you know, how to train and all of that. And these kids don't have that. They just have their high school football coach who can't even walk 20 feet without hyperventilating because he's so fat. And it's like, that's not the person you need to be listening to. You need to be listening to a proper coach of some sort, proper, you know, someone who's knows what they're talking about. Um, That's not the state of the world. That's the, that's the social media side and that's the ego side. So just got to combat that as much as we can. And I think that's one of my motivations behind even starting this podcast It's just um, whoever listens to it, you know, that's who I want to hopefully help um, and hopefully help make some progress within the gym being fitness centered and fitness focused. Um, Just hoping we can get to a point where, we have consistent people listening and learning. Um, and you know, we change one person's life. That's enough for me. Um, so that's where I'm coming from at least.
1: Yeah. And it starts, uh, one, one person at a time. Can't change it overnight. So
0: long, long grind ahead. (laughs) That's for sure. Uh,
1: Yeah. Well, man, it's been fun. We're, uh, we're off to a good start. We got a lot more content that's going to be coming. So, uh,
0: Yep, plenty of topics we to talk things.
1: about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh before we end things, uh let everybody know what you're working out today. We'll we'll end each podcast by saying what muscle group we're hitting.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll be um if we're recording mostly on Sundays, which it looks like we will be, um Sundays is chest day for me, so I'm about to go eat some food in a minute, go train some chest, um, and have some fun with that.
1: Hell yeah. I uh I'm I'm in between cycles right now so I'm actually going to go hit something that I developed called neglected muscle day. So I'm going to hit triceps, I'm going to hit calves, I'm going to go hit obliques, hit all the things that aren't mainstream uh <laughs> muscles. Sounds good to me. So it's a weird full body experience. <laughs> all right man. Sounds good. Well,
0: but I I will I appreciate we'll you be. uh spending the time and all that and the conversation and everything. I look forward to our next session.
1: Yeah, and we'll be uh Right back very soon, everybody. All right. Bye, everybody.